Chapter 27 The next morning, Silverbell didn't bother to tell her mother or father about crying herself to sleep. It seemed rude to ruin their merry moods with sadness even she didn't understand, so she kept it to herself. When everyone woke up, they dressed and washed, and Silverbell's parents wonderfully suggested a hearty breakfast at Gustave's Barrel Organ Cafe, and so off they all went for their morning meal, almost like one big happy family. Almost. So I'm sure you have lots of questions, said Silverbell's father as he dug into a large plate of scrambled eggs and sausage that Gustave had magicked up for him. Yes, more than any person has probably ever had. Silverbell admitted quickly, as she too dug into a plate of food that was so much tastier and heartier than one horrible little apple. And like we said, we have our questions too, Silverbell's mother assured her. Where have you been all this time? Her father asked with great vim and vigor. I've been in New Bravo City, Silverbell told him. Though I'm not sure what I was doing there or how I got there in the first place. There were still things hazy in her head the events of her life slowly beginning to float back up into her mind's eye when she went to think about them. I remember we were there, though, together. She paused. And then we weren't. She had been holding their hands. And then she had been all alone. She had been running. And then she had been standing still. But what had they been running from? Yes. Her father confirmed as he looked over to his wife. We became separated during the riot. Riot, Silverbell repeated, the memory of shouting voices and running figures suddenly remembered. There had been torches waving, and Silverbell had been hiding her face in her father's chest. Yes, riots, Poem confirmed in a clipped manner, quite uninterested in the food that had been provided to her. I remember those. Well, what a horrible thing to remember right now, her mother said to the table sharply. The first sharp thing about her Silverbell had seen since their return. Let's talk about nice things. Yes, right. Her father looked from his wife to Silverbell. Let's not talk of how we got separated, but how we came back together. How did you find us, Bean? Well, Silverbell thought for a long moment about the dark tunnel where it had all started, and just how it had all ended here in this magical theater, a world away from reality. My friends helped me. I couldn't have done it without them. Oh, yes, your friends! Her mother cooed as she smiled at the other children, chomping away at breakfast. We were so caught up in seeing our daughter again, we didn't introduce ourselves nearly well enough. She set her hand against her cheek with an embarrassed laugh. I'm Constanza, Silverbell's mom, and I play the cello. She offered quite formally. And I'm Wolfgang, or Wolfie as my friends call me, and I play the bass. He explained. The cello and bass? Louis repeated with a glimpse of surprise in his eyes. I've seen your instruments. You You have? have? They said together in shock. We thought they had been destroyed. Constanza clutched her chest, quite overcome. During the... Wolfie stopped himself dead in the middle of the sentence. Well, yes, we thought they'd been destroyed. No, Cove has them. Louis explained quickly. I'm Louis, by the way. And what instrument do you play, Louis? Constanza asked, holding her hands in her lap and looking to Louis with fascination. Oh, I play the flute. He revealed his little silver friend to them from its cylindrical leather hiding place, which was hanging from his shoulder as usual. It's very nice to meet you, Louis. Wolfie shook his hand pleasantly. Though we do wish you came with better tidings. Constanza admitted with a mournful sigh. It pains me to think Belden has our precious instruments. I'm quite surprised he hasn't already ripped them to shreds. He always did so love the butchery of music. 
Wolfie commented snidely. Belden? Silverbell repeated the name. Yes, Belden Broderick Cove. Isn't that who we're talking about? Constanza looked between Silverbell and Louie. The leader of the silencers. Wolfie clarified. No, we were talking about Harry Horton Cove. Silverbell explained in return. We don't know a Belden Broderick Cove. Yes, we do. Louie reminded Silverbell quickly. Remember? We saw Cove destroy that statue of him. Oh, yeah. The raining marble and the disgusted gaze Harry Horton Cove had given the statuesque Belden Broderick Cove fell in among Silverbell's mess of memories. He's not the leader of the silencers anymore. Again, Poem spoke up with a striking tone. He's the governing governor. He is? Silverbell said in utter shock. The what? Silverbell's parents asked in utter confusion. He's the leader of the world. Silverbell explained. The governing governor. And apparently he's also Belden Broderick Cove? Louis looked back to Poem for clarification. No, I'm quite certain that Belden Broderick Cove is the head of the silencers. Her mother objected patronizingly. He was the head of the silencers back when there were silencers. Poem began to explain. But when they took over the government, they erased all history of the silencers, just as they erased all history of the music makers. Because why would there ever have been such a thing as silencers if there had never been any such thing as music to silence? Her arms were crossed and her eyes were sharp, and there was a general disapproval of the whole business floating around her. Oh. Wolfie said with a morbid look. Well, we wouldn't know anything about that. No, you wouldn't. Poem raised a knowing eyebrow. Because you ran away. Okay, we're getting sad again. Silverbell intervened swiftly, smiling at her parents and then shooting Poem a dirty look. Let's keep this introduction train choo-chooing along the tracks. <laughs> a great idea, said her father. Indeed, agreed her mother. And who are you? She looked to Tico with his bright and eager eyes staring back at her, dumbfounded. I'm frankly overwhelmed. His voice shook as he spoke, his freckles practically shaking off his face. But actually, I'm Tiko Taki. He introduced himself skittishly. And I'm really honored to be here. This is a culmination of my life's work. You will never understand what this means to me. Tico rambled and rumbled with excitement, shaking the table and the water glasses and the plates with his pure energy. It's honestly really gratifying to know that I was right and that everyone else was wrong. And finally, I feel like my life has meaning. Well, that's good to hear, son. Wolfie said with a hearty laugh. And what instrument do you play? Constanza asked with her own little chuckle. Oh, I'm not a music maker. He said. Just a great admirer. Suddenly, there was a gasp at the table behind them, and an, oh my, at the table next to them, and the sound of a glass being dropped on the floor somewhere in the onstage restaurant. What did he just say? Someone murmured in shock and horror. Did he just say he's not a music maker? Someone murmured in horror and shock. What was that you said there, my lad? Silverbell's father said in a very strange loud tone, with a big grin on his face. You said you're not a taco taster. Well... Neither am I. Just don't have the tongue to handle all those spices. Wolfie laughed awkwardly and looked around nervously to see if people were still staring. They were. No, what I said was... Tico began to clarify, but he was cut off by Silverbell's mother. Oh, you said you're not a magic marble. That's good. You would roll all over the place, and we would lose you. Constanza laughed even more awkwardly as she looked around just as frantically as her husband. Mom, he said that he... Silverbell began to explain to her parents, who were not doing a very good job of listening, though they were doing a really creepy job of looking around. Not right now, honey. Her mother whispered to her with a big smile on her face and fear in her eyes that unnerved Silverbell to her core. Who wants ice cream? Constanza asked the children, jumping to her feet and slamming her knee on the table. It's nine in the morning, Silverbell told them. 
Even with her slim knowledge of nutrition, she knew that that probably wasn't healthy. And we're very cool parents. <laughs> Come on, kids. <laughs> Let's go eat a pint of ice cream. Each. Uh, one pint each. Any flavor. Here we go. Now looking like a squirrel looking at the hawk that was looking to eat him for dinner, Silverbell's father ushered them all to their feet quickly. Silverbell looked to Tico, who looked to Louis, who looked to Poem, and they all looked to each other, perfectly confused. What is happening? Tico mouthed to Silverbell. She shrugged, for she didn't know. Just as she didn't know why her father had said Tico was not a taco taster, and just as she didn't know why her mother had said that Tico was not a magic marble, and just as she didn't know what would be so bad about Tico Taki saying he wasn't a music maker.